back in the day, all of the training of public relations where I knew that anytime I was speaking to anyone, I was on the microphone. Yeah. Any words that I spoke could be used against me in any other conversation. Okay. And then I got like real like trusting with my words, sitting on a mic here at the house and just saying words and burping and just, just mm-hmm. being myself on right. the microphone. I think I have to stop doing that because I keep hearing this crap at the end of the episodes where my... Oh, what did I do last time? Oh, what did I do last time? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even remember. I was busting your balls for something. Oh, I, uh, yeah. You said, you're doing some really weird radio voice shit. <laughs> yeah, you were. Oh, was, uh, yeah. Oh. Well, in this time of bereavement, anything that I can do... To lift my spirits. <laughs> so allow me to just, yeah, bust your balls with the vigor that you bust mine. This makes me feel better. <laughs> I love you. How are you, my love? It is Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It is 23 degrees outside. Whatever, whatever it <laughs> is. There's a roaring fire. I've yes. got a hot cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Christmas presents are all done. Mm-hmm. Kids arrive tomorrow at some point. On and off. So I'm great. (laughs) People ask me, how are you? And you and I kind of came up with this together. And I answer, these are the tasks that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You give them your to-do list. Or you say the thing that you're thinking about that you need to do right now. I don't answer the question. (laughs) I don't know if I know how to answer the question. I'd like to get into some of that at the dinner table. Maybe not this week. Got it. But here's some things I have written down. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about a funeral home and cremation appointment. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to talk about what I intend on doing with my parents' ashes because Mm -hmm. I get to make that decision in the absence of any decisions being made prior to now. You know, sometimes I think that we can see some of this stuff as an opportunity to have received a gift from them of trust to take care of it. So you have your parents' ashes and now they've trusted you to take care of it. Okay, next week. We're going to talk about that. That's right. Coming soon. Family. My concept of my Mm. family. The family tree. I don't tree. mean your family, the tree. which is invaluable, your parents. What I'm talking about my like? family, the family that I don't know as well as I should. And that's all I'm going to say right now, because there is a lot to explore there. Yes. I hope I get to be there. When I'm exploring it? <laughs> yes. We... I, hope, I hope that I'm your family. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Please don't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I have a really good tree. Would you like to be a part of it? When you lose your mother, the conversations you have with the people after they say, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. My condolences. The language of death is they tell you their story. Mm -hmm. It's not just me recounting the story over and over. A majority of people want to tell me, by the way, I'm going through it right now with my mom. Mm -hmm. By the way, we lost my dad six months ago. By the way, and they've got so much to talk about. It's like a club. Mm. I think also, and sometimes it's, they're trying to process things and they're wondering how you process the thing they're right in the Uh, middle uh, of when you went through it a couple of months ago. Or or let me give you a tip that I learned in my own bereavement, my own process. Yeah. How do we brave the wilderness as individuals together? That's a collective thing going on. This morning, yes, this morning I wrote in my journal, I feel like I went to sleep on January 1st, 2020 and woke up after a long night of dreams and nightmares on December 24th, 2022. Mm. As it relates to braving 
the wilderness of the consciousness that we are all in together, but individually, we're asking each other these questions as we're going through things. Mm. We're asking each other questions as we're going through things faster than we can even conceptualize them sometimes. Three days after my mom passed, a buddy of mine from high school who I haven't talked to in a real long time posted, my father just passed, did a whole mm-hmm. thing. It's happening very fast. And I reached out to him mm-hmm. because of this club mentality. And I don't even mean to diminish it by calling it that, but by saying, hey, man, my mom passed last Tuesday. No one's going to be able to tell you anything that makes you feel any better. So I'm not going to try. But what I am going to say, da, 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 I can read that next week, too. And he's mm-hmm. like, wow, that's good, you know? Mm-hmm. And then how are you versus what are you doing? I allow distraction. I don't know. I I mean, I I definitely know that's part of the conversations we've had. The to-do list. Mm -hmm. My past has been the way that I handle grief, crisis, challenge is by getting things done. Mm -hmm. That's how I did it in the past. But I'm stepping, I'm personally stepping into a different phase of recognizing what does that feel like. So I think that there's some learning going on between the two of us and that constant discussion of the reflection that we are as a couple to one another. Yeah, because there's no, we're getting into it. There's no problem saying out loud that opposites attract and that when one person is inside themselves and unable to do the to-do list, the other person getting that stuff done is very valuable and or vice versa, it flips and flops around while the relationship continues. Mm-hmm. But if you're using the distraction to distract rather than act, then that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. But if it's distractions that I crave, (laughs) right or wrong, let me give you a little list. Mm -hmm. Merging our two chicken flocks. Mm -hmm. Finding out about how to breed sheep and keep the steers from killing the sheep and where the fencing's going to go and da-da-da. Christmas Eve, Christmas coming up, (laughs) children coming in, who's cooking what. And a freeze is on the way. Like the one it's February been, of 2020, you guys, yeah, that kind it's of. It's been an amazing week of distractions, not to mention, and I hope we don't get into you and I having a couple of disagreements that I guess we needed to have <laughs> so that we could get through it and watch Knives Out on the couch last night, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this freeze because these are the events I that just really shape your business, yeah. your whole lifestyle. I just compared it to the freeze of 2020 because we've talked about that freeze, that February Everyone freeze. remembers that one. That's when the power grid went out and all the yeah. politics yeah. that happened afterward. Yeah. But it was Valentine's Day yeah. 2020 when we were no power, no water. For days? Yeah. This freeze is similar to that freeze, maybe even worse. It's just, I guess, our power system is was prepared for it this time after mm-hmm. the last time. Worse in what way then? <laughs> The length of time that this low freeze temperature has stayed at what it was. This is the kind of freezes that kill fish in the coast. This is the types of freezes that occur north of us, way north of us, every winter. Right. We just aren't used to this kind of thing down here. And And also what's interesting about this one is that when we talk about it, we're not talking about a South Texas event. Every single person that's listening in every corner of the country knows the weather we're talking about right now. Right. I was talking to friends from Kansas to Maine who are like, whoa, this is a big one and you're going to get it. You know, it's coming Mm -hmm. to you. So right, we don't have those kind of wipeouts usually in the wintertime. Mm hmm. We had a wipeout like this in February of 2020. Yeah. 
it was shocking to the system. It was so shocking that it killed things that we hadn't seen killed in 100 years. Yeah. Something has definitely changed. And I have been telling my customers, my clients, everyone that I'm talking to, we have to be prepared for weather and we have to be prepared for winter. And we have to be prepared for floods and droughts. And this is the way I talk about gardening all the time. This is the way I talk to my customers. And very, very often, because of what we've had over the last decades, over the last hundred years, and even longer probably on this continent and in the part of the continent that we live in, a specific set of climate. This is what we expect. This is what we can do down here. And so in the ether of historical conversations, we believe that we had the 100-year freeze in 2020. So right. therefore, came now, and went, now, we're, now, now we're we've got clear. another 100 years. Sure. And I keep saying, I don't think so, you guys. I think we're shifting. And again, I said to you this morning, I don't know if it's things we did and caused. I think that's probably part of it. Mm -hmm. But I also think that just the idea that we live in lifetimes of 80 to 100 years What's happened in our 100-year lifetime or our generation's 100 years of lifetime is different than what happened 100 years ago or is a different kind of repeating nature of what happened 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 100,000 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, or things like that. I think the technology is the difference now compared to what it was before, which means that we had seven days to decide how we were going to take this freeze. And I found it fascinating that an hour before the weather was coming in, like we were watching the clock, getting every single thing done that day that we could. It's it coming at 530. It's coming at 6 p.m. Around that time, it's at coming. At 430 p.m., I looked up at you and I said, here it is. Yep. Between 2.30 and 4.30, it was 65 degrees yeah. and warm and sunny. No jacket. And there were literally people so disconnected with taking the time to look at the seven-day forecast mm -hmm. and so untrusting of how fast and how different the weather changes down here yeah. that they didn't believe what was coming was coming. Look, it's sunny. It's warm. Speaking of a I'm weird like, time yes. to live. Yes, it is. But that's because of the technology of what we yeah. we can see now that we couldn't see even 10 years ago or even 20 years ago, which I'm not going to get into this today. But I have this idea formulating about a larger discussion about the expansion of artificial intelligence with the expansion of natural intelligence and how we're processing that. How we're processing that. And right now... You got to get outside and look. At, if you want natural intelligence, you need to go outside and look at what's occurring on Earth with life and death all around us because we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of the freezes. We're watching it. We're in the middle of taking care of animals and watching animals die and making decisions about which animals are allowed to be on this property with us or not. We're in the middle of family members passing. We're in the middle of best friends dealing with very, very difficult health conditions. Mm -hmm. We're in the midlife of life, you and I are. Our children are graduating and going to college. Oh, yeah. They're adults. You, yeah, you, everyone generally has children about the same time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that therefore everyone generally has their kids graduating from high school or college from the same time. And now I am in a phase where my peer group is having those conversations that you and I had last week. 
So the philosopher in me is taking all of these things and all the things you're talking about with your friends and all the things mm-hmm. that are match our age range, but also match the collective times that we are all in. Yeah. And every single piece of it, including the freeze that we're sitting in right now, yeah. is a part of it. So when I go out in a couple of days to really observe the after effects, when you come out a couple of weeks after really observing what it feels like for your mother and your father to both have passed. Mm-hmm. This is the last Christmas where all four of our children won't be adults. And it's interesting to soak in the unknown of all of that. It's scary. And it's also fun to soak in the known of what we do have this year. I am going to ask you, like, what were some of the specifics that you had to do knowing that this freeze was coming? How do you feel post freeze, knowing that you and I it's not took post a five freeze, minute? By the way, <laughs> understood. But you and I took a five minute walk around the property because yeah. you did not no want to leave the warmth of the fireplace. Okay, so when I started panicking the day before, mm. forty eight hours under thirty five. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Twenty of those hours was going to be under twenty five degrees. Right. This is a land cleaning freeze. They have these up north. Mm-hmm. They bed down things. They've gone to bed. They know that their gardens will not survive the winter every single winter. And they know exactly which ones will and which ones won't. I understand. They move on. There's, they don't even do the work up to this point to, you know, whatever. So while you're out there with sheets and mm-hmm. trying to get them over, mm-hmm. the, it's all in vain maybe because it's a land clearing freeze. I wonder if it's all in vain. Okay. I wonder, you know. And so now and I get to see. That's what. That's why I'm saying. See, I can go through and give you all the tactical things. We put in mulch. We watered. We covered you things. You moved everything out of the hoop house that had no pro- uh, temperature protection into, into the, the greenhouse. greenhouse. We moved that things. Had a Little, yeah. into the garage, plants with flowers yeah. into yeah. the garage to save those because yeah. we knew that that would yeah. not freeze inside the garage area. But we are not prepared for this kind of land clearing but how freeze. do okay I don't I guess we don't want to go down this rabbit hole how do you prepare for how do you prepare for this if it's going to come every two or three years I don't understand what infrastructure you could build I don't even I don't understand how you prepare for it or let's talk about that some more. Because we've got more more winter to go through. Let's talk about this on another okay, episode. I'm writing it down. And the reason is, is because there's a lot to it. There are absolutely things you can do to prepare for it. Like I have done in speaking to my clients, be prepared that it, it will wipe everything out. That's just... That's you what I was going to say is the gardens. preparation leaning into it. This. Because this. we, the earth, requires this, what did you call it? land cleaning freeze yes we in south texas on the coast can grow all year long in two broken seasons so that means there is some infrastructure that we absolutely have to have in place indoor seed starting a fully conditioned space to protect young plants so the moment we shift back because Where I live right now, I'm getting a land clearing freeze within 10 weeks of my last frost date. Within six to 10 weeks of of my last frost date. The frost date that the almanac tells us is the 14th. That would be about eight weeks from now if you look at the calendar. Okay? Mm -hmm. 10 weeks from now is what I say is the last frost date. That's just your anecdotal evidence over time? Yes. Okay. Over the last couple of years, I'm going to start pushing towards... End of February is our last frost Okay, day. and let me be the surrogate 
guest here from the dinner table and see if I understand what you're saying. On the back of a package of seeds or when you're going to buy live plants to plant in your garden, there's instructions having to do with the frost date. There's no reason to put this in if a frost is coming or put this in after a frost is coming. And what you're saying is that this land clearing, cleaning freeze that we just went through is eight to 10 weeks away from when it's very, very safe to assume the last frost of the season is going to occur. Yes. Put it in aggressively. Nothing's going to get frozen. Yes. I'm with you. Although last year we had some late frosts in March, Mm -hmm. right? But we're entering that like, this is a thing we have to learn from. In order for us to be able to grow here in South Texas, the reason why I want you to put it on the back burner and we're going to come back to this and I don't want to try, all I want to do is wax philosophically about it right now because I don't know. I don't know until I watch where I've built permaculture gardens, watered the shit out of them, mulched the shit out of them. This 48 hour freeze comes through. Then the temperatures come back up and who knows if we'll get 90 in February again, because it happens that way down here in 2020 after the February freeze, we had a February 90 degree temperature. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) It's almost like you're hearing you say, hey, South Texas gardeners, South Texas growers, expect this Uh and to know that if we don't get it, we'll have a bonus. But expect that it's all going to end around about Christmas time. Yes. Okay. And that can shift your whole business plan. I'm thinking like a nursery, like uh, our favorite nursery, Turner's. I mean, this was a huge problem for them if all of their inventory dies. So they've got to have an infrastructure in place to make sure that that is minimized. Yes. And I suppose you feel the same way. So this back burner concept is... Where do you move in the future? And how much of my regenerative and permaculture style of production do you rely is on? helping this? When I go out there and I start to see seeds popping again really fast, and I see that, okay, the celery got a whack, but it comes back. Yeah. And, okay, some of that broccoli actually made it. And, okay, what actually made it through this? The yarrow does fantastically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now is time for observation, but I even wax philosophically in that I don't believe that there's anything that's happening in the garden of our life right now, Joe, that isn't about us taking time to observe where we are, what we're doing, where we've been, and where we're going. Yeah. Okay, so we're recording this on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. In my head, all of the Christmas shopping has been done. I'm going to quit buying presents on Christmas. I'm just going to buy presents all year long. Because I'm a terrible gift giver at Christmas time, but I love to give we gifts. We have not had this conversation. I don't think you like the gift giving thing. I don't like it. It's yeah. pressure. I like to give gifts when I see a gift for someone and I buy it and I just want to give it to them. So this is what's going to happen, my friends out there in the world. I'm going to show up with something. I'm going to hand it to you and I'm going to say Merry Christmas. And it might be July. That's when you'll get your Christmas gift. Okay flowers. I'm going to walk up to you and I'm going to hand you flowers and I'm going to say Merry Christmas. So that's how I'm going to handle Christmas. Partnered with the cultural requirement for you and I and our family to get together tomorrow or when my children return from Florida I on the 31st. I love a holly jolly Christmas with children where there are we still have children. Gifts that are culturally required to be given on this day. <laughs> I can get jolly. 
I had kids and they were little and they're still, I'm still an auntie and they're little kids. But I want to talk about a conversation that we had two days ago where we came to the agreement that I've got zero problem with that I will be receiving no gifts from you on Christmas. (laughs) But can buy myself the, the gifts world, the that... the horrible person I am again. <laughs> well, hold on. Are you a horrible person? That's really kind know. of the root of the question. I mean, the root of the question every week here on Dinner Table Talks. I want to just horrible buy things Ace for Fun? you all year long. Although I'm not out in public. When I am, I want to just buy a thing and give it to you. Hey, if we're going to have a conversation about what you could have got me to open on this culturally required day of opening a present, mm-hmm. it would have been this. I want a new record player. Yes. Let's just get it. Uh, you Can gave, we just get it? And you gave me permission to say, Joe, go get the record player. Not permission. Please. Permission's not the right word. But let's come to the agreement that Merry Christmas, I love you. Rather than taking our mutual funds to buy the record player behind your back. Because Joe, frankly, I know that you enjoy actually going to buy the gift and researching <laughs> the gift and looking at the two record players next to one another. He loves yada, his to-do yada, yada. list. I love giving gifts. On you do. Christmas. Oh. I love the idea. My mom does too. That, oh, she does. And she's oh, so yeah. good at it. <laughs> yeah. She's so good at it. That you are going to open some gifts tomorrow. I, I guess I will. Maybe some people will, might have something for me. But anyway. Why do you have to tell <laughs> everyone this? Like, seriously, it makes me feel bad. It should because not make you feel I bad. I am busting your balls. Because I have been culturally coded to, to believe ha- I am you. This is a guilt trip now, and it's like Mother's Day. This is such an interesting topic. It's How like many Mother's Day. I cry on right Mother's Day because are feeling the exact same way. Everyone. The pressure of Christmas. It's a pressure that I tolerate. And I'm I don't enjoy so the pressure of it. on Christmas Day when I receive gifts. I don't. I don't do reception of gifts on Christmas Day well at all. You don't? No. You know. I'm like. This isn't what I wanted. Like, what the f- kind of monster? I hate it. I hate all of it. Well, I like our elfster.com gift exchange that we do because people put on the wish list exactly what they want. Except I put things on my wish wrong. list and have no clue what I'm putting on Amazon. Oh, and then yeah, that happens. Get, yeah. Right. Then I get things that are like, what the hell is that even? And then the person feels bad for giving you the they, wrong thing, yeah, but it's the exact it's thing that you asked Amazon, for. You asked for the wrong like, thing. It's just... Well, I, again, I didn't mean to bring up this treasure trove of anxiety exactly. around the holidays, but look <laughs> how much it is attached to the actual celebration so when you see me in public friends and i show up with a delicious thing of something beautiful and happy and you say merry christmas and i say merry christmas know that i take on no guilt for not giving you a gift on or near christmas day i would like to get better at a christmas card because you and i are too creative no. to oh god i didn't mean to open up I'm such gonna, a can of worms i have a stack of some christmas cards over there that i picked up thrift shop shopping i'm gonna write a note inside of it and i'm gonna put it in the mail someday and you're gonna get it in the mail and you're gonna be like why the am I getting a Christmas card from Aislinn in March? In February. <laughs> and it's going to be because Aislinn just can't do it in December. I told the kids. I can't. I told the kids, almost every single one of them individually, if you get cash for Christmas, know that we just hit plan B. <laughs> That's all they want anyway. I know, but it's not what I want as the gift giver. Like, I wanted this year for us to give... Well, then why are you giving that if that's what you, not what you wanted as the gift giver? Because our kids are diff- horribly because difficult to buy chal- for. Because it's really hard to buy a bunch of things in December. That's why. What? It's not the, like the reason why it doesn't happen, why you fall, you like giving gifts at Christmas, but it falls on plan B because it's very challenging to get all, like the, the idea that we have to do this is, is silly. 
let's just give people gifts. I hear you say you don't like it, but the gift sellers make it very easy to do in get December. So I'm not sure. Oh, you can buy a bunch of crap. You can buy all kinds of crap. Well, all of our kids put things on a list that they want. Crap. That was my thing. Was crap. Like, I'm not. I don't want to buy because you. they need to put things on their list. I don't want to like, buy you. Well, no, but they also like disposable things, and I'm trying to say this year I don't want to buy you anything disposable. Of course, I could buy you the new Mario game. How disposable is that? And I know you're going to get Christmas cash from all kinds of relatives. Where if at the end of the day the Mario game was exactly the thing that you wanted, you can go get that for I yourself. I don't like any of it. But I wanted to give the kids this year something that they're going to have for a little while and something that's going to be so we push a button on amazon from a list that they know it doesn't work no i'm saying like off it. list for every single one of them but the only way you can really find something that somebody we're not wants, having the same conversation right now that's okay i believe you but i'm telling you the only way that you can find something that somebody wants and really give things that matter to people is to give it to them when you when, not, it, when you obtain it and it may not be december 25th or thereabouts god no god no Merry Christmas to us all. Yes, 365 days of the year, please. Unanswered questions. The other large distraction is our upcoming trip to New Orleans, which is not only dialing in because we're putting some effort into thinking about it, but because it's going to be here really soon. The wanderer in me just wants to wander away. And maybe not come back. If you live between Corpus Christi, Texas, Taft, Texas area, and New Orleans, and you are a regular listener to this podcast, would you please reach out to us and we might want to even share a meal with someone like yourself? That'd be fun. That would be really fun. It's coming up in the next couple of months. Yes. But the finishing touches are going into it. Three weeks ago, can you believe it was three weeks ago? Last week was announcing that my mom had passed. The mm-hmm. week before that was the blackout mm-hmm. episode. And then the week before that, mm-hmm. I'm answering an unanswered question from three weeks ago. This is how time is going. It's by not Court right now. of the Three Sisters, mm-hmm. the restaurant that I want us to go to in New Orleans, unless the research that I have yet to do dictates that I can find something even better than that. I just had such a positive experience at this place. It's the Court of the Two Sisters. And this would be a brunch meal mm, with I jazz and eggs benedict mm. and mm. all of that kind of New Orleans kicks and pops that you expect in their cuisine, Very but nice. upscale. Very nice. And then I thought this might get us directly where we want to go when we talk about planning a trip and how we do it, is what was the hotel or Airbnb that we stayed at in Pismo Beach, California, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on our classic road trip. That's when we stayed at the Madonna Inn. So it was Madonna. I thought that. I'm glad that we're talking about that because during that trip, we stayed into really, really high vibe cool situations, hotels. We've talked about the idea that we were Airbnb all the way through, but we picked out these two like vibey hotels. Madonna Inn was very kitschy and stylized, even to the pool mm-hmm. and the dinner place that we went and hung out that night. Do you yep. remember? Yeah, with the dancing. What do you call that style of dancing? Like Sw- swing. Swing dancing, and- but they were also men and women in a traditional going around the circle. Yeah. But there was a lot of swinging going on as you went around the circle. And I immediately felt, I don't know how to do this. And I've got no problem if a stranger man so asks we just you watched. to dance and do it. No, you got out there on the floor a Did little I? bit. I yeah, yeah. Remember. A guy took you for a spin. You came back out of breath. But... I uh, did not know how and did not. I think I didn't participate. 
Oh, it was so much fun. And that was a lot of like... But do you remember how the rooms were all different? Yes. Yes. Velour and... It was like a medieval night room. And then there was a swing and Sinatra room. And then there were, they were all separate bungalows. I think our room was kind of maroon and red or right. something like that. And it was an experience above and beyond. No shame or problem with, the, with staying at a Marriott. No, but this... what was What's cutter. cool about this, and we stayed in San Francisco in the peace Love, Peace, love, and hippie commune. On Hype Street. Right. And I'm telling you, man, the vibes were there. The vibes were there. So this got me thinking last night as we were talking about getting ready to head to Louisiana and going on another trip. I was like, hey, I've got an idea. What if we look at some of the coolest, like kitschiest, yeah. most stylized, high vibe hotels right. all over the country? Not just about expense. Oh, the Madonna wasn't very expensive. They, right, you just exactly. had to know that that's where you wanted to stay. And once exactly. you found that this was the cool place to stay, it was very reasonable. Yes. Let's do that all over the country. I'm down. Well, do you mind if I just remind everyone that the only thing that we had come up with on this trip three weeks ago in our conversations here with you was that we are going to go into a casino and put a hundred dollars down on the number 44 on the roulette table. That's the only plan that we had made. Now I know that we will Did you put that on the map. Of course. Lake okay. Charles, the casino, because okay. Lake Charles makes more sense geographically than Shreveport. We wouldn't go to Shreveport. It's way too far North. Okay. Now we already know since we're headed East on a road trip, the first night we'll be in college station, Brian yep. with our kids. And that means we're going to eat at the place we always eat at with our yes. kids. I would guess at this point, all of our dinner table listeners, that if they ever have the opportunity to go to College Station, is going to go to Ronan. You eat at Ronan at College Station. You've heard us talk yes, about it a yes. thousand times. Now, from College Station to New Orleans, no stops, we have the dog, is seven hours, eight minutes. From College Station to a Lake Charles is a three hour, 36 minutes. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to stay on a riverboat casino. I don't. Right. As we said a couple weeks ago, this is always the, we should go to the casino and then we don't go to the casino. <laughs> there are casinos in New Orleans. Yeah. There are casinos on the poncha train. I think I'm saying that. Lake uh -huh. that we could go uh -huh. to and yeah. do our yeah. thing. What are you saying? Spit it out. A quote from last week from Aislinn Campbell. In my life, the number one thing I want to do is be outdoors and I want to hike. I'm paraphrasing. I want to yes. hike. I want to breathe. Yes. I want to look. I want to trek. You're not doing that at a riverboat casino. So why not find a place between College Station and New Orleans to have a stay that is very hiking centric? Mm -hmm. Because once we get to New Orleans, I think mm -hmm. we're going to have a more urban experience. Yes, exactly. So this is how we plan a trip. We go to Google Maps. You can create a map. And we have already created New Orleans 2023, where between now and a couple weeks from the trip, Anything goes on the map. Anything. Anything you're remotely interested, you actually add it to the map. My thoughts are, let's find something really interesting and kitschy mm -hmm. in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But in terms of Airbnb, I think I might have already found us a place up in the Kasachi, I'm probably saying that wrong, National Forest. Okay. So as we go up there, we'll go from College Station to that Airbnb. We'll do some cool hiking-y type things. Now, these are all things we're just plugging the big spots on the map. And yeah. then in between there, we're going to get to plug in a whole lot of interesting things. So I think the Airbnb, I might have already found us a good one. Okay. So let's book that and put it on the map. But here's how you guys can help. Between Texas and New Orleans, if you know of a great spot, we want you to tell us about it. 
So we can put things on the map. Right. Then we get to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This is where I think we can really get into a cool hotel situation. Yeah. Not an Airbnb. We don't need the kitchen. We just need it to be dog friendly. Yep. So that you and I, again, I want to, I can't stress this enough, can go eat crawfish three times a day Yay! for two days in a row. Did Another? you find some gluten-free beignets, by the way? I did. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. You, you're, you're, ju- <laughs> you're jumping all over the place. And there's a lot of rabbit holes here. <laughs> We need your New Orleans restaurant suggestions. You know yep. how we eat. You know that we are weird. You know that we're delightfully not really weird, but <laughs> we need your help with that. Here's what leaps to mind for me. As you say, beignets, mm-hmm. Cafe du Monde. Mm-hmm. It is world-renowned, but they don't do gluten-free beignets. Of course they don't. They, they're sticking they with They have a formula, is, yeah. and here's what it works. And it's special, and you go there for that. You don't go there for gluten-free beignets. Do you know what they have around the corner, though? A place where a, you can get gluten-free beignets. A place where beignets. you can get gl- Because the people beignets. that go there to eat those are going for those, right. and they have people with them that are like, oh, we're sad. We yeah. want some. And you go, no problem, because right around the corner is a gluten-free beignet bakery. That is on the map. That is right outside Jackson Square. Anyone that's been to New Orleans knows that Jackson Square is that main square that the artists and the street performers all surround where we will buy a piece of art to commemorate this trip, right? Mm -hmm. That is on the map. Nearby that is where Tennessee Williams wrote a streetcar named Desire. It's a little walking tour kind of situation. That is on the map. You're looking at a building saying, that's where a dude wrote a thing. Okay, but it's just kind of cool and fun. And this New Orleans reminds is me filled with things like that. That. Remember yeah. in Boston, we kind of did this, like, we'd had our little mm-hmm. main, like, trekking yeah. and all the stuff we'd done there. And then we got to Boston and we were, like, in the urban, urban, urban. So if you know of a place to stay in New Orleans, that's not just a great place to stay. Everyone, I have a great place to stay. I'm ta- we're talking about extraordinary out of the ordinary. I want to stay in a place that looks like Glass Onion, by the way. Oh, the movie we kind of watched last night? That's where this whole idea of stylized hotels came from. Some of that movie, I don't remember. (laughs) Shut up, dummy. I'll shut up now. Meals. Commander's Palace. Everyone's heard of Commander's Palace. It is the place. I could get us a reservation to Commander's Palace now. Classic old school New Orleans thought. And there's probably all kinds of fantastic, eccentric, just popped up better than maybe 12 times i want to eat crawfish that's what i want to eat like i i feel as though if you just took me to a place to eat crawfish where they just dumped crawfish in front of me 20 times yeah. for 48 hours that would I be okay would just be that would fine. be all you need to do in new orleans that's pretty much i'll it. just come i'll do my little touring and trekking and walk around and come back check in with you oh she's sleeping now sir we're waking her up at 4 p.m for another dump on the table <laughs> all right i'll be back so yeah we would love some Restaurant suggestions, that would be helpful. So what we've put on the map so far is College Station, a meal, and a hotel. Yep. Kisatchee National Forest. Place to do a big hiking. Airbnb. Right. There's a couple of trails that I'm like pinpointing now. Love it. I even threw over the idea of some horseback riding on a trail. I love that idea. You've said that we're going to at some point stop in a casino in Lake Charles between here and there or and a, put $100 on 44 on the roulette wheel. Or in New Orleans where there's also okay. casinos. Okay. Right? Okay. I've got the uh, gluten-free beignet place. I've uh-huh. got a couple of restaurants that have been suggested to us on Facebook and in text since we began talking about New Orleans. So what else can we add to the map from what you guys have told us right. already? Yeah. In the past, adding to the map is food, Mm -hmm. where I do a big day of research into farm-to-table food, locally sourced food, gluten-free food, 
farmers markets. I like we always like to put those on the map. Any kind of like natural garden sure. or flower azalea trail or yep. whatever if a waterfall if is 30 a, minutes off of our path yes. we'll take a little hour round trip to go see a beautiful waterfall or just to have a nice walk with the dog and take a good pee at the right spot yeah a the, good pee not the, a bad pee no 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 a good well, one. we want good peas <laughs> take pictures of those <laughs> breweries in the past yes. we would do breweries we would do craft cocktails not so much these days but i mean if there's a white whale brewery i would want to pop in for there sure and for sure take a look at it they Absolutely. always have fantastic gift shops if nothing else but then on facebook uh-huh. a few weeks ago when we posted about this people started doing some interesting things giving us some ideas and i'm going to do it again for this week so that we can get our map nice and fat and then you know begin crafting the trip exactly the way we want it so what kind of things are people giving us to add to our list? A tour of the Tabasco factory. That's okay. inter- interesting, food related. Uh, sure. How do they make yep. Tabasco at yep. that level of quantity? And I like Tabasco sauce. Saloon Door Brewing in South Houston, Parish Brewing. Some of my beer friends are really saying these are the ones. And you Parish know, Brewing is where? It is in uh, Louisiana. Mm. And we have had great beers from yep. Parish Brewing yep. on Beer in a Movie, mm-hmm. another podcast that I do with uh, my buddy David. And I feel like I've had a parish brewing with I'm you somewhere. I'm sure that you have. I'm yeah. drawing a blank right now. Mm-hmm. Bill Duck says, I mentioned Scott, Louisiana for the car snacks. And this is important because we will have a cooler in the car at all times, probably for the the hiking centric part we probably will cook for the, in the airbnb doesn't go anywhere without food and snacks right and we're going to hit a <laughs> farmer's market there yes. or back yes. you want to bring things yes. back or take things there so we yes. always have a cooler in the car so when he says car snacks we know what he's talking about yeah. if you have a cooler in the car for the ride home stop by janix and el campo for triple tenderized packaged gator tail meat for future dinner table fun what a fantastic idea cool but listen to this one new orleans school of cooking Now, I googled this. It would be a two, three hour either private or group where you make real New Orleans food with a chef that's teaching you how to do it as you go. So you won't have to be left out of the pokey making whatever this time you can. It's exactly the pokey making thing from Hawaii that you talked about. I like that idea very much. Mm -hmm. And guess what? February is the month of of Mardi Gras parades. So we're going to be there during some Mardi Gras crew parades. Yeah. And I would hope that one of our two nights in New Orleans is just tourists observing the whole Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras time. I've never been there for that. Mm, That's exactly right. In other words... I stayed up till midnight the other night, y'all, so I'm practicing. (laughs) In other words, we're going to see some boobs that night. And that's just the culture we're delving into. You see, you, you, that's literally what you're, you're angling for. You are the mind of a 17 year old. No, no, I'm not angling for anything. It's just, that's what we're going to see. It's going to happen. I guess I hadn't thought about it really. Yeah. I mean, uh, mostly what I think about is Mardi Gras crawfish. I don't know why. I don't like. My brain can think of more than one thing at the same time. I guess the cultural norm of Mardi Gras is beads and boobs, but me, I don't, my brain question. doesn't think That's like that. That's not why right, I'm going. Right, it's right. not why I'm going, but like since that. we're there, I want to see a thing. I want to see like. And it's not the boobs. It's the whole thing. Okay. My, it's a Catholic celebration. Beads and boobs. I don't know. If it's kind of like Christmas. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? Sometimes... You just have to ask the question that you pull at random from the box. Synchronicity much? 
Should we have a national health care system? No. I don't think systems work. I mean, it's impossible not to have systems. Mm-hmm. We don't understand enough about life currently to have a well-functioning health system. There are health systems around the world that seem to be trying to answer those questions in a way that just saying that it's hard to answer doesn't put up the final obstacle. And I would say that not all of them are perfect. I or have none no of them idea what you just said. Say that again. Because I don't think there's anything comparable going or- on. So people want to compare and say, well, this is working and that. And I'm like, I, we don't have anything comparable no. working on, okay. working yet. Our healthcare system, our America's healthcare system, is at a place where it would be almost impossible or very difficult to say, let's do it like, and then fill in the blank of a country that you admire their healthcare system. I don't think national is Picking even an option and moving anymore. It over. The problem with this question and any question where take out the word healthcare system and put in some other kind of hot topic that is politically charged and politically debated. National. Is that if I say specific words, then I can therefore then be accurately or not. That's the point of this whole point. He is a Democrat or he is a Republican because there are only two points of view on this and you must adopt one. Well, I disagree with all of that. I completely do too. On top of the fact that I'm, I'm saying... We don't have enough knowledge about globalization mm-hmm. to even discuss national anything anymore. I agree. As much as we think we're going to talk nationally about things, we, we have no national anymore. We're and global because no, that's what has happened with technology. And we've got no ability to discuss things at a cogent level any longer currently. I don't mean you and I, or you and I and our friends. I mean two people that have a political difference of opinion. It tends to deteriorate before you can even try to get into what you're trying to talk about. And on a national level, that really appears to be so. I think that's a small, I think it's such small thinking to... I think it's the thing that keeps us from getting to the larger thinking. I want to learn how to say things in a way that's... Yes, we understand that there is a division. We understand that there are concepts out there. But we don't have a big enough vision of what's occurring right now to even be discussing them with any real thought. And the idea that we have to look at that I've is the conversation. to the health system now for five or ten years, really cozied up to it in the last two years. And how's the mechanics of that working? An 81-year-old woman who ends up passing because of the failure of her kidneys and if you look at the kidney chart you could have and i'm not a doctor and i wasn't at the time and i didn't know how to read this chart but these these kidneys are failing at this rate and by this date more or less they are going to fail and if she or the family is not going to do dialysis then this woman is going to pass and with all of that information the medical system put a defibrillator into my mom three months ago, four, five months ago, which is a very expensive piece of equipment that had no out of pocket for my mother or her family because of the Medicare system. Mm -hmm. While another living human that is 25, 30 years old with 30, 40 years ahead of them cannot get the defibrillator that. that he or she needs. 
in this country? Why was my mom more valuable in the system than put a name on this person that I just made up? Because she was 81? No. Why? Because she had great supplemental insurance. She had paid into the process her entire life. She had paid. It has to do with wealth. Okay. She had gotten to the beautiful age of Medicare where a lot of this stuff is paid for. But until you're, what's the number? I can't remember. 65? You don't qualify for that. That's two aspects of a glass onion that is a billion aspects. So when you say we don't have the capacity to discuss it, I think we intellectually don't have the that. the the capacity to discuss it because we are tricked into believing that it is one of two options and one of those has to be bad because we live in the bifurcated society of one opinion good, one opinion bad. And I never have and to write all... And in the meantime, our... while we're arguing about that, artificial intelligence has blown us away and our consciousness is trying to keep up with that. That's a good place to stop. Aislinn hasn't even discussed artificial intelligence yet. I'm going to quit buying presents on Christmas. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>